0: It's relevant. It's, relevant. it's relevant daily. relevant daily. It's relevant daily. Hey everyone, I'm Tyler Huckabee. Welcome to the relevant daily. We're bringing you what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. Here's today's top stories. First up, shocking and disturbing cell phone footage has emerged from Minneapolis showing eight minutes of a white police officer crushing a black man's neck with his knee. Refusing to listen to the man's pleas that he could not breathe and ignoring the cries of onlookers begging him to stop. The man becomes unresponsive and is later pronounced dead at Hennepin County Medical Center. This man was identified by a family attorney as George Floyd and can be heard in the video saying, Please, please, I can't breathe. Please, man, please, I can't breathe. He begs to no avail. Around the officers, others can be heard telling the officer to get off of him, saying that he wasn't resisting. The man can be heard crying out for his mother. He's fine, one officer responds. When Floyd stops moving, one onlooker says he's not responsive right now and moves forward as if to help, but another police officer pulls out a can of mace. Does he have a pulse? Another onlooker asks, check his pulse. Police do not immediately provide any assistance, and paramedics arrive shortly thereafter. You can watch the video over at relevantmagazine.com, although please be warned, it is very graphic and very, very sad. Benjamin Crump, the family's attorney, said Floyd's death is part of a larger and tragic cycle in the U.S. He said, quote, We all watched the horrific death of George Floyd on video as witnesses begged the police officer to take him into the police car and get off his neck. This abusive, excessive, and inhumane use of force cost the life of a man who was being detained by the police for questioning about a nonviolence charge. How many wild black deaths will it take until the racial profiling and undervaluing of black lives by police finally ends? Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey held a press conference in which he said that the officer, quote, "...failed in the most basic human sense." Being black in America should not be a death sentence, Frey said. For five minutes, we watched as a white officer pressed his knee into the neck of a black man for five minutes. When you hear someone calling for help, you are supposed to help. Uh, Very emotional press conference from the mayor there. According to BuzzFeed News, Floyd had recently moved to Minneapolis and worked as a security guard at a local homeless shelter where he was fondly known as Big Floyd. The woman told BuzzFeed, quote, He gave us hugs and told us it was all going to be okay. He told us we could make it. He was such a big brother to me. He was articulate. He was grounded. He was spiritual. He was an athlete. He was an organizer. He was a comforter. He was an encourager. I could just go on and on and on about who he was. That guy did not deserve to die like that," she said. In other news, and these are uh, these, these are a series of, of heavy stories today. I apologize, but they are very important. In 2001, a 28-year-old woman named Lori Klusoudis died in a tragic accident, hitting her head on a desk while working for then-US rep Joe Scarborough. Since then, her death has fueled lots of baseless conspiracy theories on the most noxious corners of the internet, and no amount of debunking ever seems to satisfy the legions of internet trolls who insist on believing something sinister went down. Now, all of that would be hard enough for any bereaved family, but it's even harder when those conspiracy are being pushed by the president of the United States. Now, Klausutis' widowed husband, Timothy, is asking Twitter to remove Trump's tweet about his late wife, in a letter obtained by the New York Times, which he wrote to Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, he says, quote, President Trump on Tuesday tweeted to his nearly 80 million followers, alluding to the repeatedly debunked falsehood that my wife was murdered by her boss, former U.S. Representative Joe Scarborough, the son of the president, followed and more directly attacked my wife by tweeting to his followers as the means of spreading this vicious lie. The president's tweet suggests that Lori was murdered without evidence and contrary to the official autopsy is a violation of Twitter's community rules in terms of service. An ordinary user like me would be banished from the platform for such a tweet, but I'm only asking that these tweets be removed. The full letter is posted. Over at Relevant. Now, for the past few weeks, Trump and his oldest son have been using Twitter to call for a new investigation into who they call Psycho Joe Scarborough, who is now a prominent MSNBC host, along with his wife, Mika. Trump has feuded with the couple for much of his political career, but the accusation of murder takes their public brawls to a deeper, lower level president tweeted quote did he get away with murder some people think so why did he leave congress so quietly and quickly isn't it obvious what's happening now a total nut job Trump has also implied that the woman in Scarborough may have been having an affair, letting his 80.2 million Twitter followers run with the possible implications about a murder and cover-up. What show is Joe going to go on to discuss Laurie Klosudis? Echoed Donald Trump Jr. Now, this is not the first time, of course, that Trump has indulged in conspiracy theories. The political neophyte's rise was fueled by birtherism, and plenty of attention has been given to his various unproven, dangerous, and even occasionally bizarre suggested treatments for COVID-19. But this is an example of how non-famous, non-wealthy, apolitical citizens can get caught up in the president's style of governance Mr. Klosutis has no apparent interest in the ongoing feud between Trump and Scarborough. He is just a man who lost his wife to an undiagnosed heart condition nearly 20 years ago and is understandably sick of seeing her name used in a political dispute. He wrote, quote, I have mourned my wife every day since her passing. I have tried to honor her memory and our marriage as her husband. I feel that one of my marital obligations is to protect her memory as I would have protected her in life. Trump has violated Twitter's community rules in terms of service in the past, but Dorsey has resisted taking any action, saying the president's tweets are newsworthy. The company is generally pretty hands-off when it comes to policing its users' content, only intervening in extreme cases, like Alex Jones, who spread conspiracies about the Parkland shooting. But the Times has learned that Twitter's leadership is having conversations about a more effective way of dealing with misinformation on its platform, whether these new measures, possibly including flagging, dubious tweets with links to accurate information would change the president's twitter style is an open question but in the meantime we're left with one bereaved man who just wants his wife to rest in peace i'm asking you to intervene in this instance because the president of the united states has taken something that does not belong to him the memory of my dead wife and perverted it for perceived political gain he wrote now, uh-huh, this morning on Tuesday, Trump doubled down on Twitter, claiming that he was just saying what many others had speculated on in the past and baselessly predicting that Scarborough's marriage is doomed. He tweeted, quote, in 2016, when Joe and his wacky future ex-wife Mika would endlessly interview me, I would always be thinking about whether or not Joe could have done such a horrible thing. Maybe or maybe not, but I find Joe to be a total nut job and I knew him well, far better than most. So many unanswered and obvious questions, but I won't bring them up now, Law of Orsman eventually, well, finally, Christians of a certain age are probably familiar with the work of a pop Christian power pop act called Hawk Nelson that grew to prominence on the strength of fun yeah. hooks on albums like Letters to the President and Smile, It's the End of the World. Now, frontman Jonathan Steingart has taken to Instagram to announce that he no longer believes in God. He wrote, quote, after growing up in a Christian home, being a pastor's kid, playing and singing in a Christian band and having the word Christian in front of most of the things in my life, I am now finding that I no longer believe in God. The last few words of that sentence were hard to write. He continued, I still find myself wanting to soften that statement by wording it differently or less specifically, but that wouldn't be true. Steingart is pretty open about the past few years of his journey to non-belief, sharing that he has long nursed a growing discomfort with the faith he accepted in his youth. He's a pastor's son. He wrote, quote, When you grow up in a community that holds a shared belief, and that shared belief is so incredibly central to everything, you simply adopt it. Everyone I was close to believed in God accepted Jesus into their hearts. But slowly, he says, the cracks formed in his belief system. He said, quote, it didn't happen overnight or all of a sudden. I have been terrified, to be honest, about this publicly for quite some time. Because of all of that, I thought I would lose. He says he was bowled in by conversations with friends who he confessed had privately reached similar conclusions. Uh, he also writes that he, his wife feels the same way he does. Stepping away from belief in God has felt like a loss in some ways, he admits, but it's felt like freedom in others. I am not sure how much this will rock the boat, but it doesn't matter. What matters is I finally worked up the courage to tell my story. Uh, on Facebook, Steingart's fellow Hawk Nelson band member, Daniel Biro. Uh, Expressed gratitude for his bandmates and support for Steingard. He wrote, God has a unique path for each of us, and it's important that we stay honest with one another, looking forward to seeing how each of us continue to grow pretty cool and encouraging to see that they've been able to maintain a professional and hopefully even a creative partnership in the middle of all of this. You can read more about all these stories and everything else we're covering today over at the homepage at relevantmagazine.com. Also for the latest, make sure to follow Relevant on social media. We're on Twitter at Relevant, on Facebook and Instagram at Relevant Magazine. You can subscribe to all our other podcasts there as well. We're here every weekday bringing you the latest at the intersection of faith and culture. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is Relevant Daily.